I don't know about you, did anybody else get the feeling of deja vu today from last week? Last Tuesday night, Wednesday, snow, melt, church, you know, it's just, I don't know. Seemed like it anyway. Keep praying for the building program. Uh, we're just a few weeks away. Uh, I'm not saying how many. A few weeks away from uh, completion of that. So please keep praying, keep giving uh, as we are looking to wrap that up. And then uh, don't forget Parents Night Out this Friday night. You want to take advantage of that and drop your kids off and go have a date night or whatever you want to do on Valentine's. So be sure and do that. If you would, if you're going to take advantage of that, uh, if you could go online and sign up real quick so they at least have an idea of how many workers to have here. We're going to be baptizing this Sunday. If you're interested or know someone that needs to take that important step, let us know. And then we're going to have a fam uh, community group uh, meeting Sunday evening at 530 in the foyer right back here. So if you're in a current community group or you're interested in one, you're not signing up for life by showing up Sunday night. Okay. You can come. A meal's going to be provided. There's nursery provided. Uh, come, uh, hear about it, and then you can make a decision from there. So I would encourage you to do that. That Sunday night begins at 530. I read a, a post on Facebook that said, Nothing in my life seems to be working right now. I'm lonely, I'm broke, I'm out of work, and every door I seem to knock on doesn't open or I get slammed in my face. I feel I'm at a dead end. I just have a question. Does God care? You ever been there? Maybe not that destitute, but you ever been asking, does God really care? Does he know what's going on? Uh, you ever needed a, really, a break really bad? I mean, you ever just thought, I just need a break, just one break, please. So I don't know who posted that, but you know what I thought? I thought they need a breakthrough. They just need a breakthrough. Maybe, maybe your situation is or was different, uh, but all of us, folks, honestly, all of us at times felt like we've been at the end of our rope. We've been on the edge of the cliff, right? We've been out on our last limb, at our wit's end, however we want to word it, whatever we said, we were in desperate need for a breakthrough. I know I've been there at times in my life, and, and uh, we usually get there at some point. So Wednesday nights, uh, we're continuing with a, a thought on our Life on Mission series that we're covering on Sunday mornings. And, uh, you know, Life on Mission, I don't know about you, sometimes I want to have a life on mission. I want to be on mission for God. I just can't seem to get started. Have you ever been there? I mean, the, the, the attitude, I mean, the want to is there. I, I want to, to do, I want to connect with people. I want to serve people. I want to serve God. I want to connect closer with God. I want to share what God's done for me and other things. I want, to, I want to grow in my relationship with Christ, right? I want to do those things. I just can't seem to get started. And if that's you or you've been there, what you need, what we need at those times is a breakthrough. We need to break through. So uh, let's just cover this. What is a breakthrough? Because we're covering this on Wednesday nights. What is a breakthrough? The definition is a sudden, dramatic, or important advance. Now, yeah, I handed out some notes again tonight. If you want to, I didn't put that in there for you. So uh, actually, I would have, but I forgot. So you have to write that in there. It's a sudden, dramatic, and important advance. 
So we talk about a medical breakthrough. So somewhere in the field of medicine, uh, there was a disease and, and they had a breakthrough, a cure for that disease. It was a su sudden, dramatic, and uh, important advance in the field of medicine. It was a breakthrough. Uh, you can have them in science, a breakthrough in science. You can have it in technology. Uh, so that's what a, a breakthrough, what, what we're looking at. But how, the question for us, right, is how do we have a breakthrough spiritually? We get stuck at times. Uh, we get in a rut. Um, we just, I just get stuck, right? How, how can we have a breakthrough in our marriage? How can we have a breakthrough at work? How can we have a breakthrough in our finances? How can we have a breakthrough uh, maybe in our prayer life? How do, we, how do we break through an area of our life where we're stalled or even moving backwards? How do we have a breakthrough? Well, that's what this series on Wednesday nights is about. Whether we need it tonight or we need it in the future, all of us at times need a breakthrough. Now, you might not have figured this out yet, but God often uses pain to get our attention. Have you figured that out in life yet? C.S. Lewis, a great scholar of years gone by, said this, God whispers to us in our pleasure, but he shouts to us in our pain. God whispers to us in our pleasure and shouts to us in our pain. God often uses pain to prepare us for a breakthrough too. Proverbs 20, 30 says this, blows that hurt cleanse away evil. Look at that. As do stripes the inner depths of the heart. Those are the good times right there, right? Those are the times I look forward to. Blows that hurt cleanse away evil. And, and as do stripes the inner depths of the heart. That God uses pain sometimes. God uses situations sometimes, difficult times to get us to where he wants us so then we can break through some things. Now, I've been a believer in Jesus Christ in 1984. I've been in the ministry since 1988, and here's what I've found. See if you're with me. I've learned that breakthroughs generally happen when you seek them. Breakthroughs, spiritually speaking, generally happen when you, when you seek them. See, we won't see a breakthrough in a difficult situation in a marriage unless we seek the breakthrough. It doesn't just happen. We won't see a financial breakthrough. We won't see a, a spiritual breakthrough. We won't see a breakthrough in situations until we seek that breakthrough. It doesn't just happen. We see and experience breakthroughs because we seek them. So do this for me tonight. Turn to 1 Chronicles 14, if you would. 1 Chronicles 14. I'm going to use two biblical examples tonight of people who were in trouble and they desperately needed a breakthrough in their life. We're going to look at these two individuals tonight, uh, see what happened in their life, and then we're going to go to our main text and see what it has for us. So what we're going to look at tonight is the first one is King David. Now, David's usually familiar to everybody. He's probably the most popular king in the Bible, the most famous one. But David, in this situation, 1 Chronicles 14, David has just become king, actually ruling king, okay? He has just become king. And as soon as he becomes king, <laughs> hard times come. The difficult times come. I mean, things are good. He's just become king. He's, over, he's king over Israel, over God's people. And then here comes some difficult times. So 1 Chronicles 14 and verse 8. Now, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all of Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. 
And David heard of it and went out against them. Then the Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of uh, Rephaim. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to uh, Baal Perizim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place uh, Baal's Perism. Now, I want you to notice, as soon as David becomes king, things are good. Everything's good. And then here comes the Philistines and not a few of them. The scripture says all of them. <laughs> it wasn't a small army. This wasn't a small problem. And, and David the Philistines come to attack, so David immediately goes out to meet them. He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't go, well, I wonder what we should do here. He has a responsibility as king to defend the nation of Israel. And so he takes that seriously. So he goes out with the army and soldiers of Israel to meet them. But notice what he does. It says he goes out, shall I go? And then he goes to God and inquired of God and, and asked, shall I go up against the Philistines. He made a quick decision to go out there, but then he asked God, what do we do from here? And that was, that was what David did. And our text says he inquired of God. You know what that means? He prayed. David prayed. He has this situation. He doesn't know what to do. He needs to know what to do. He's seeking God on it. And so he asks and he communicates with God on what he needs to do. God answers his prayer by prayer, that communication aspect, it says, yes, go, and I will give you a victory. I love that song tonight we sing. That's what God does, right? He goes to war for us, and we get to experience it. God said, go, I will give you victory. David inquired of the Lord and followed God's instructions and experienced the breakthrough. Don't miss that. Verse 11, God has broken through my enemies. What spiritual stronghold do you need a breakthrough in? What relationship do you need a breakthrough in? Where are you stuck and you need to break through that? Folks, it all starts, begins with that communication with God, that prayer time with God. David inquired of the Lord, follow, now get this, you ready? Followed God's instructions. I'm gonna give you some steps tonight on how to have a breakthrough. If we follow those steps, God will break through some strongholds in our life. If we don't follow them, it's not going to happen. We have to seek that breakthrough. David asked the Lord. The Lord spoke to him, said go, and he went. And he experienced the breakthrough. Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. There's another king who has a weird name. right? His name is not easy like David. His name is Jehoshaphat. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I hear that. I've heard people go, oh, Jehoshaphat. They use it like, oh, my gosh. How come we don't go, oh, David. We don't use David like that. It's just a name like Jehoshaphat, right? There's a time uh, when Jehoshaphat, when he was king over the nation of Israel, and he had just experienced a great nationwide revival. Uh, the, God's people, once again, were sinning against God. They had these idols set up. They were worshiping idols, not worshiping God. They weren't obeying the law of God. And then they had this great nationwide revival. They tore down the idols. Uh, God was number one again. And, they're, and they're, it's good, right? Everything's good. In, in, in this time, everything's going great. And then look what happens in 2 Chronicles 20, 1, verse 1. 
It happened after this. You say after this, after the revival, after this, that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Are you kidding me? I mean, I mean we, we, we were against God. We were standing against God. These armies weren't fighting against us. They weren't attacking us. And, and this sin was there. And we repented. We got right with God. And now all these guys decided to come attack us again. And look what it goes on to say. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in uh, Hazazon, Tamar, which is in, in Jedi. <laughs> hard word, hard word, right? And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask him from the Lord, to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So these nations are rising up against God's people again. These nations are coming against God's people. And Jehoshaphat hears about it. And what does he do? What does the leader do? Verse 3. He feared and he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. The king humbles himself. He didn't, he didn't sit back in his, you know, ivory tower and say, y'all go fight him. You know, I'm going to stay comfortable. He took his role seriously as king, as leader, as a spiritual leader of the kingdom of Israel, right? I mean, he took that of Judah. He took that seriously. But understand, he doesn't just go and jump into battle. That's not what he does. And he doesn't, ready? He doesn't just go close his door and spend five minutes in prayer and ask, what do I do, God? And after five minutes, get up and, and just go do something either. That's not what he does. And we talked about this last week a little bit. It says that he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And God's people gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Jehoshaphat prayed, he fasted, and he asked others to join him in doing that. See, if we're going to have a breakthrough in our life, we have to learn from these godly men. Jehoshaphat does four things right here, right? He does four things, and I want to share those with you tonight, that if and when we need a breakthrough, we can go through these and walk through these steps and I promise you we'll be more successful in seeing the breakthrough we need than if we don't know what we're doing. So turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 tonight. My heart is this, and I shared with you last week, I struggle in my prayer time. I'm just being honest with you. I'm being transparent. I struggle. And I don't struggle with communicating with God all day long. I don't struggle with that. I struggle with the be still part of it. I just, I struggle with that. Anybody else there, with, you know? Yeah, that's mine. Now, maybe you don't struggle with the be still, but maybe you struggle with praying without ceasing and, and you forget about it and go the day and just at the end of the day, you're going, man, I didn't even really pay attention to what the Holy Spirit was saying to me or how God was speaking to me or communicating with me, right? But, but in some form of fashion, we struggle in our prayer life and that's why I want to cover this tonight and, and for a some more weeks, right? I'm going to keep going on this for a while on how to break through when it comes to prayer and fasting, how to break through when we need that in our life. So Philippians chapter four tonight, we're going to see four things that Jehoshaphat did in, in his walk and that David incorporated all throughout with him 
And then what Paul is teaching us through God's Holy Spirit, right, in Philippians. So the first thing we do and we need to do when seeking a breakthrough in our life is this. Don't worry about anything. Have any worriers in here? <laughs> Nobody's going to raise their hand. You worried about raising your hand? Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Now, that word anxious means to contemplate, to think about for a long time, to roll it over and over and over in your mind. We call that worry. I know that every one of us has broken this commandment. You say, I didn't, you mean, what do you mean a commandment? The word of God says, be anxious for nothing. That's a commandment. Be anxious for nothing. You probably have not murdered anyone, I'm guessing. I, mean, I don't know, don't raise your hand if you have, you know. Uh, you, you probably haven't stolen anything so serious. You had to go to prison. I mean, probably haven't, but, but right along with those, God says, don't worry. Jesus put it this way, Matthew 6. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. You ready? Worry is unhealthy. Worry does not help fix the situation. Worry traps us in a spiral of doubt, confusion, and despair. Worry has never changed anything. Worry is worthless. And worry doesn't help. If worry doesn't help, then why do so many of us do it? Hmm. I really had to think about that. I stopped to think, why do we worry when we know it's sinful? Why do we worry when we know that God says don't do it? How do we justify that in our lives? And, and this is what I came up with. You can totally disagree with this because I don't have scripture here. But just in contemplating this and praying about it and seeking God on it, I believe maybe this is true. Worry has become this accepted thing in our society. Say, well, I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. Well, I'm just concerned about this, right? We want to use the spiritual word. I don't worry. I'm concerned. Really? That's worry. Okay? That's what we're doing there. It's become this, you ready? This accepted sin in the lives of Christians and the lives of believers. Worry has become this accepted thing. And because it's accepted, it's not dealt with in our life. When's the last time you asked God to forgive you for the sin of worry? And because it's accepted and not being dealt with in a biblical fashion, it blocks many of us from experiencing the breakthroughs that we're seeking. Sin hinders our relationship with God. Sin blocks our prayers to God. Unconfessed sin, knowingly, unknown, whatever it is. If we don't accept this tonight and really grab a hold of this tonight as believers in Christ, that worry is sin. Be anxious for nothing. It doesn't say be anxious for nothing except when your kids get in trouble, right? It doesn't say be anxious for nothing except the financial situation. It says be anxious for nothing. Zero, zilch, nada. So what is worry? Worry is focusing on my fears instead of on God. So why is it sinful? Because I am focused on my fears instead of on God. Worry is practical atheism. I got a great big God, but uh, he doesn't, he's not going to handle that. I'm going to worry about this because he's not big enough for that one. So how do we break through the sin of worry? Well, we're going to have to focus on something else. We can't focus on what we're concerned about, right? Spiritual word again. 
or what we're anxious about. We can't focus on that because we'll just stay anxious about it. So what do we do? We need to focus on God and not the problem. We need to seek God in prayer. David, once he addressed the situation, didn't go back and fret and worry. And oh my gosh, what are we going to do? This army's coming. What's going to happen here? No, David took his eyes off the problem and just went to God. Said, God, what do you want to do here? What do you want us to do? His focus went from the situation to God. Jehoshaphat, same thing. These three nations are coming up against them, and he did not keep his focus on them. Once he dressed and knew the situation, what did he do? He got his focus on God. He, he said, we as a nation need to come together and pray and fast, see what God wants to do here. Last week, I, I hit this a little bit, and, and we're going to keep touching on this. Fasting. When we need a breakthrough in our life, when we need God to break through in a miraculous way, fasting needs to be in there. Somewhere in that prayer time. And, and what fasting is, just real quick, it's giving up something to spend time in prayer and supplication, seeking God, talking to God, communicating with God, prayer. It's giving up something. It could be a TV fast. You say, I normally watch TV at this time. I'm going to turn it off, open the word of God, spend time with God in prayer and seeking him and communicating with him. It could be giving up food. That's what we normally think of. Right? Giving up something physical, giving up a meal to spend time with God, giving up something. That's what fasting is. That needs to be included. Romans 8, 6 says this. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You know why we want a spiritual breakthrough most of the time? Because we want some peace in our lives. Is that, is that, is that true? <laughs> being spiritually minded I, I, if I'm going to think about the way I normally think I can't be anxious I need to focus on God if I'll go to God spend time fasting and praying about the situation with the focus on getting a breakthrough from God then the worry goes away it just does folks you can't do both you can't focus on God and his greatness, his goodness, and that he's going to give you a breakthrough and be worried about it. You can't have both. So how do I switch my focus from worry to God? It's through prayer and fasting. I covered it last week in the text. Daniel 9.3, when Daniel needed a breakthrough, then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication, supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Prayer and that fasting. We need to get away from all distractions in life and set our face to seek God. So the first step to experiencing a breakthrough is not worrying about it. It's focusing on him, on God. Second thing is this, pray about everything. Now these are not real deep points. So they're not difficult to follow as far as understanding them. <laughs> pray about everything. Now, again, I don't know if you know this, we record these on Wednesday nights. You can always go back and listen to these also, not just Sunday mornings. If you missed last Sunday night, go back. But we talked about how prayer is not just talking, right? If all I do in my prayer time is go talk to God, then that's a speech, right? That's a lecture or it's whining, just me. Prayer, true prayer, biblical prayer is communication. It's listening and talking. It's asking and then listening. That's what prayer is. Philippians 4, 6, look at it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Don't miss the word everything. Everything. 
There's nothing too small to pray about. There's nothing too big to pray about. You can pray and fast over your job situation, over your kids, over your financial situation. Hey, if your kids need braces for straight teeth, pray about it. Fast about it. Those are expensive. I know. And then she didn't wear her retainer and they went crooked again. Thanks for that $5,000 nothing. Well, I need to let that one go, don't I? <laughs> 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, casting all your care on him for he cares for you. Boy, that's a great verse. Most of you may have that memorized. And then we worry. Casting all your care on him for he cares for you. So I want you to get this. You ready? We can carry our burdens or we can give them to God and he can take them from us. Which one do you want? I want the latter. Now, I changed a word there because originally I wrote, we can carry our burdens or we can give them to God and he will carry them. God doesn't carry them. <laughs> God just abolishes them, right? He's not carrying any burdens. That's not who he is. He cast them as far as way, right? I mean, he just, he, he, he doesn't carry. It doesn't weight him down. So we can carry them or we can give them to him and, and they're gone. I like the latter one, don't you? Pray about everything. See, here's the thing. God wants our burdens. God wants us to bring them to him. God wants us to pray, to communicate, to go to him, to be serious enough to fast about it, to seek that breakthrough. God wants that more than we want it. But we got to seek it. You know, the average American, this was interesting, spends five, average American Christian, Christian, okay? There's not a statistic to divide the two, but spends five to 10 minutes a day in prayer. Five to 10 minutes a day in prayer, and that includes the pray without ceasing all day long. Five to 10 minutes in prayer a day, and we want a spiritual breakthrough. Where, where, God, where were you on this one? I've asked, but are you seeking it? Matthew 6, Jesus says, but you, when you pray, Go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Find that quiet place. Get away from everything. Fast and seek God. Talk to him. Pray to him. So I'm going to throw a challenge out there to us tonight. See if you'll accept this challenge. I'm going I'm to ask us for the next 30 days to really focus on prayer and fasting in our life. How much time are we spending how often are we doing it? What do you need to see a spiritual breakthrough in? Where, what in your life needs that? It may not be this huge thing, but it'd really be nice if it was here. Will you take the next 30 days with me and really focus on this? Because I believe this, if God's people, just the crowd we have here in here tonight, if we would do this, God will change things. God will move in ways that he hasn't moved before. Not only in our life, but in other people's lives. How awesome would it be if everybody in here, including me, saw a spiritual breakthrough in the next 30 days? How awesome would that be? That'd be incredible, wouldn't it? But we have to seek it. We have to want it. We have to go after it. And it includes time with God, getting away, a secluded place, fasting over it. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot. Will you accept that challenge tonight? Okay. So pray about everything. And then thank God for everything. Philippians 4, verse 6. Same verse. Be anxious for nothing, 
But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Thank God in all things. Now I want you to, to understand this. The more thankful we are in our lives, the more breakthroughs we're going to experience in our lives. The more thankful we are in our life, the more breakthroughs we're going to experience in our lives. God wants us to come to him in prayer with our supplications, which we covered that last week, right? It, it brings that depth to this, the supplications. He wants us to be serious enough that we're willing to fast over it, but he wants us to be thankful during those times too. How can we be thankful when we're hurting though? How can, we, how can we be thankful when the spiritual breakthrough we're seeking is somebody else in our life that we love and care about is hurting or sick or struggling? How, how do we be thankful during that time? How can we be? When you're struggling to pay the bills, to keep the heat on, to buy any food, or just to make it another day. Well, get, get this. Thankfulness is an attitude that we get to choose. You cannot dictate my attitude to me, and I can't dictate your attitude to you. I can't do it. It's our choice. I mean, there might be some crazy things going on in our lives that we really can't control, but we choose our attitude during those crazy things. I can choose to be thankful, or I can choose to be mad. I can choose to be thankful, or I can choose to, you know, have a pity party. That is our choice. If your kids came to you all the time, and they said, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, hey, give me, give me, give me, give me. And they never said thank you. And they never had showed any gratitude. They never said, hey, love you. Right? You'd feel like a vending machine. That's what you'd feel like. And any good parent out there is not going to allow that to happen. God wants us to be thankful to him. Because he's a good father. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Say, so what's God's will for my life on this subject? To give thanks in everything. <laughs> that is the will of God. So I want to be in God's will, then give thanks in everything. When we're seeking that spiritual breakthrough and we need that spiritual th breakthrough and we're really going after it, right? We're, we're, we're not worrying. We're, we're focused on God, not on the situation or whatever it is. And, and we are praying about it, right? About everything. We're praying and fasting over it and we're taking it to God. And then during that time, it's also a time to be thankful to God. He wants that. He expects that. Psalm 16, 17. Wait, I got to go this way. Part of getting... I got this in your notes. Part of getting a breakthrough from God during difficult times is being thankful to him during those difficult times. Right? I mean, it's not a matter of an attitude of God. When you give me a spiritual breakthrough, then I'll thank you. No. We should be thankful now and thankful when the spiritual breakthrough happens. Thankful in it. Psalm 16, 17 says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. David and Jehoshaphat needed God's counsel. They went to him. They sought God out. They, they really were serious about it. They, sought, they seek, right? They went seeking a spiritual breakthrough. They needed to hear from God. They needed to know what to do. They needed to know about the situation. And, and they did these things. And God answered them. He gave them counsel. So many times we make decisions, big decisions, and we haven't sought God on it. We don't know that it's a spiritual, we don't know what God wants us to do there. We just go through the day, we don't pray and ask God in everything, you know, being thankful to the things. We just make all these decisions, not seeking his counsel. 
So we need to not worry about the situation, pray about it, be thankful to God during it. And then the last step tonight is this, stay focused on the true things. Now I love, let's skip downward. We've been in Philippians 4, 6, go to verse eight. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good to report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now I've shared this before, I'm gonna say it again. I love that verse. There's so much richness in that verse. And I've tried to memorize it and I can't because I get them all mixed up, <laughs> you know? It's, it's true and noble and just and pure and lovely. I've even tried to memorize just those because the rest of the words are about the same. And I get those mixed up. And I'll, I beat myself up some for that. You know, thinking, man, you're just, you're an idiot, you know, that kind of thing. But, and then I get my focus back on God. And I love this verse. And, I, and let's talk about that word meditate real quick. Same year, it's used throughout scripture. That word meditate means to think about, to roll over and over and over, to keep in front of that thought in Deuteronomy where it says, you know, we'll write them on the doorpost, the law of God on the doorpost of our house. We'll talk about them on the way. We'll talk about it when we go to bed at night. It's that thought, that's meditation. It's keeping in front of all day long, thinking about whatever things are true and noble and just and pure and lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. See, we have to stay focused on the true things to see a spiritual breakthrough. Our minds are bombarded with lies all day. Lies bind us while the truth sets us free. We, we need daily truth in our lives to combat, to win over the lies. Man, I'm telling you, society lies to us, doesn't it? Music lies to us. TV lies to us. People lie to us. We get lied to all day long. Situations will lie to us. But the word of God will never, ever, ever lie to us. God will never lie to us. So the only way to counter the lies that we are being bombarded with every day is to fill our minds with the truth. The only way to overcome the lies is to fill our minds with the truth. Now, I love this part because we went from verse six to verse eight in these four steps. But look at verse seven. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's the breakthrough that we need. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Can't describe it, can't put words to it, I can just experience it. That's what we want with that spiritual breakthrough, right? That's what we're looking for, that peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I, I just don't get it, but I know it's real. We need less stress and more rest as God's people. So where do you need a spiritual breakthrough tonight? Where do you need one? You need it in finances? You need it in your, with your kids? With your health? With your work? With God? Where do you need a spiritual breakthrough? Psalm 77 2 says this In the day of my trouble, what did he do? I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. 
The psalmist said, man, I needed a spiritual breakthrough. In the day of my trouble, there was a situation. They were in trouble. And what? He, he sought the Lord, but don't. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. It wasn't a five-minute prayer. It wasn't a 10-minute quiet time. It was seeking God all day long, staying focused on God and not on the problem, praying about everything, just seeking God in it. God, where do you want to move here? What do I need to do here? What's the next step I need to take? So let's learn from David and Jehoshaphat and the Apostle Paul and these scriptures tonight and the word of God. You know, it really boils down to this as I was wrapping this thing up. Let's believe the word of God tonight. How about that? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Let's believe that. Let's, let's live that. Let's learn from them and believe and break through some strongholds in our lives by not worrying, by praying about everything, by thanking God during the good and difficult times and focusing on the truth of the word of God. I don't know about you. When I asked God, God, I need a spiritual breakthrough. I stand here tonight to tell you this. When I followed this and I've, put it into practice, I've seen so many spiritual breakthroughs in my life. So many. Not because of me, but because of God. Because that's who he is and that's what he does. So, 30-day challenge. Take it. Apply it. Pursue it. Seek it. Go after it. Hard. See what God will do. Father, we come tonight again. And we just thank you for the truth that your word has for us. And I not only want to thank you for the truth, <laughs> but thank you that, that we can look at men who, who they did make mistakes in their life and people who made mistakes in their life and you don't hide that from us in the word of God. But yet we see some of the victories. We see what they did and how they went after you hard and they really wanted your counsel and they, they spent time with you. I think Jehoshaphat called a nationwide prayer and, and honestly I was sharing with Stephen today and just what you put on my heart. What if God's people right here at Faith Baptist Church really went after you hard? Really sought you in the breakdown spiritual strongholds not only in our lives, but in our families and our kids and, and people we know. Man, we, we could impact Artesia like never before has been done in the history of Artesia. If God's people would grab a hold of this and do it, if we would commit to do this, if we would commit to, to follow everything your word teaches, especially when it comes to prayer to be a people of prayer, to be diligent about it. <laughs> and that begins with me. God, I'm not, I struggle too, but you're teaching me through this series. You're challenging me through this series and I'm accepting that and, and I want to do better and I pray that everyone here would have that same want to, that we do this together. Really seek God. I, it's been a long time. God, just being honest. When I stayed up at night because I was really, really seeking a spiritual breakthrough in something. Where I just couldn't sleep. Where I just spent time with you. Not worrying. Not fretting. Just seeking a, a breakthrough. God, help me get back to that. Help us to get there. 
when, when Judah got together and the nation prayed and fasted, oh my gosh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, what you did from there is amazing. May we see that same thing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for being here.